Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawn Mower 4.0. You can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code RCST at manscaped.com. Have you ever seen uh, a nose bush sticking out of your dad's nose? Well, that's probably indicative of another bush. We'll get to that later. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer is the best nose trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops. They also have other amazing products like cologne, crop mop, ball wipes, crop reviver, ball toner, crop preserver, ball deodorant. If you are on Team Stanky Crotch, this is the stuff for you. For all the females listening, you'll appreciate this part. Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and vegan. Back to the, the nose bush. If you see the nose bush on your old man, you know what that means. There's a bush somewhere else. And he doesn't know what to do, okay? If you're of a certain age, you probably just stop. So somebody, somebody needs to go out there and help your old man out. Who better than you? You know what to do. Get your dad some awesome products from Manscaped. That way, you can clean his game up. All right, you're never too old to learn how to take care of your testes. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code RCST. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. All right, we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time Alright, let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. I'm pretty sure that Brooks Kepka just had the most insane two-shot sequence that you'll ever see in golf. He hit a ball, PGA Championship, Kiowa Island, second round. He hit a ball from not the bunker, but a patch of native grass inside the bunker that was probably two and a half feet tall. If you were playing it, like if you and your buddies went out and played this course, you wouldn't have found your ball because there wouldn't have been television cameras and spotters out there. You just would have lost the ball. You would have said, I thought it was right here. I thought it went right in the bunker. It was right off the fairway. No, even if it was, I would have just been like, just find some good grass, man. Yeah, no, I would Don't break your back. I would have done that. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not lenient with it, but... uh, you couldn't see the ball on TV. Par five, 200 plus yards out, rips it from this grass, puts it on the green, probably about 60 feet away, and he just drained the putt for eagle. So, turns out, every time I'm watching golf, I see shots, any, any shot. It'll be from the bunker, it'll be a putt, it'll be a chip, it'll be an iron shot, and I'll say, you know what, the, the big thing that separates the pros from the amateurs is that. Oh, when they hit the bunker shots. That's what separates the pros from the amateurs. Oh, they never three-putt. That's what separates... You know what separates the pros from the amateurs? Everything. (laughs) Every single aspect of the game. So, uh, Brooks Kepka at three under, but he's not in the lead. Still uh, fig jam. Phil Mickelson went out earlier today in the clubhouse... At five under, you could have got Phil Mickelson at 100 to one. Wow. 
before the tournament began. What's up with Paul Casey just doing well at this event? Paul Casey's a good golfer. Good golfer, but like he's not, you know, in that elite realm, right? He's, he's official world golf ranking top twenty. Mm. Very competitive. He just doesn't win big ones, right? He almost won it last hey, time against Morikawa. If you just finish tenth place in every tournament you play, you're one of the greatest yeah. golfers in the world. Gary Woodland shot an even 72 after going two under yesterday. So, with the way the course is playing, which is very difficult today, a lot of guys going over par. Gary Woodland currently tied for seventh. So, he's certainly going to be around for the weekend and has a shot because with the way this course is playing, like three strokes, four strokes, five strokes, it doesn't really matter how far back you are because I feel like anybody who's got game is going to be within striking distance just because there are big, big numbers to be had out there. One guy, Cameron Tringali, was a three under par. At one point, he's now 10 over. Today, he went from 300 to 10 over in about five holes. That's how difficult things can be out there. So, should be for uh, a really good, really good competition this weekend, PGA Championship in Kiowa Island. Yesterday, it was announced that KU is going to be taking part in the ESPN Events Invitational, an illustrious history and an incredibly classy title, the ESPN Events Invitational. This used to be the Orlando Classic. I was going to say, I thought KU played in this a few years back. They played like Michigan State yeah. or somebody else. Uh, and they won that event back in 2016, 2017, whenever that was. It's an eight-team event. The field includes Kansas, Alabama, Belmont, Dayton, Drake, Iona, Miami, and North Texas. Kansas is going to be top five to start the season. Alabama is going to be top ten to start the season. Who all is Alabama losing off that team last year? They basically lose their big men. Um, I forget the name of the kid. They had that really good switch. Herb, Herb Jones. He's gone. Yeah, he's he's the best player of the year. That's big. But they have, like, from what I've read, they have one of the most loaded backcourts in the country. Um, so that'll be a good test. You have Javon Quinterly back. It's a fun style of play, too. Yeah, it They is. run. Yes, they do. But I think they have, like, all three of their starting guards back, and then they also added, like, a transfer, and they also got that Namari Burnett kid who was a five-star to Texas Tech, didn't really play. Yeah. Belmont, not to be slept on. Mm. Didn't they lead the country in total wins in the regular season last year? This past year, they went 26-4. and 26-4. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of good mid-majors. We, we know what Dayton has done, um, whether it was with Archie Miller now on um, over the past couple of years. With, uh, oh, I forget the name of the coach. Um, and then Drake, obviously, last I mean, year. Dayton. Yeah, I'm sorry. Drake last year, you obviously could have the, I, I don't think it's classified as a Joe Yasufu revenge game. Like, you're not getting revenge on Dayton. Or, I mean, on Drake. That's the storyline I'm not interested no, in. No, exactly. Like, you're happy to move up to Kansas. It's not a revenge thing. Iona, you have Rick Patino, And then North Texas made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. That's a lot of good mid-majors in there, too. Yeah. So, uh. That's going to be an event played in November, so it's not like a season opening event. Well, I guess, I don't know. When is this no, it's usually start? Champions Classic opens now, right? Yeah, uh, which I like. I don't like, they used to be play one game and then a week later play the Champions Classic. No, it needs to be the first event of the season because, honestly, at that point, nobody else is paying attention to college basketball. You're in the heat of the college football season, which is a, that's why I love the idea that they went out and basically said, we'll give us the first college football playoff ranking show and we'll put it in between the games. That way, all these fans have to tune in and maybe they'll leave their TV on so we can get a nice little ratings boost. 
Something that's going to happen over the next five or six weeks, I hope, is going to have long-lasting impacts beyond that, which is we're expecting to see the NCAA come down and give us name, image, and likeness legislation. Now, we don't know for a fact that they're going to do that, but they're going to have a meeting on June 22nd and June 23rd. And the goal is to have legislation in place that covers name, image, and likeness that can go into effect July 1st. You know, a lot of these states, Florida, Georgia, have name, image, and likeness bills that are going into law on July 1st. So if the NCAA doesn't come down and act, these states are going to have massive advantages over everybody else. One of those states is Kansas because Kansas doesn't have a name, image, and likeness bill in place. So there was one that was proposed, but a couple of weeks ago, it got shut down. And the story behind how it got shut down is pretty fascinating. So if you're not somebody who covers local politics, then you probably wouldn't have been paying much attention to this. The House passed the name, image, and likeness bill by a vote of 95 to 29. But the Senate president then took that name, image, and likeness bill and attached it to a transgender athlete ban. They basically said, okay, this bill is passed in the House, so in order to get past us, I'm going to slap this transgender ban on it, so it's a two-for-one deal. And the, the transgender ban effectively says, Transgenders are transgender athletes not allowed to compete in women's sports. And this bill did not get passed, vetoed by the governor, and you're essentially in this waiting game trying to figure out what's going to happen. Now, the Senate president, his name is Ty Masterson. He's from Andover. His argument was that I don't want transgender athletes to be able to compete in men's sports, therefore go to college, make money off of their likeness, therefore profiting off the ability to go and be successful competing against women. And coming up here in a bit, Derek actually has a really polarizing take on transgender athlete rights, and he's going to share it with you. And it's just, I mean, it's explosive. Yeah. It's absolutely, seriously, Derek is just... No, please don't make me. Um, and, and honestly, the idea that like you want to talk about name, image, and likeness laws without having to discuss your thoughts on transgender athletes, it's a pretty fair feeling. It's, it's okay to be of that stance because that's a stance that most people are taking. It's a stance that Bill Self has even taken because Bill Self has come out. He did an interview with the Lawrence Journal World last week, and he said, I'm not a politician. I don't understand how this works. But I know that we're disappointed that the name, image, and likeness did not pass. He goes, and that's all, that's all I, I care about, right? That's all I'm talking about is the name, image, and likeness. And honestly, Governor Lori Kelly said the same thing. They're, they're not related. They're not related. To stick these two bills together makes no sense. And what you don't understand or what you do understand but you don't care about is the fact that While you are making this a partisan issue by grabbing a partisan issue and attaching it to a bipartisan issue, because the bipartisan part is everybody 
who has any level of, of stake in the state of Kansas should want to see name, image, and likeness pass. Because the fact of the matter is, regardless of what you think about it, it's passing everywhere else, including right next door in Missouri. So now, if you're Kansas and you have to go recruit a kid from Kansas City, the same kid that Quanzo Martin from Mizzou is coming over to recruit, you're at a massive disadvantage because these kids aren't dumb either. When, when a coach brings up name, image, and likeness now, it's not the first time that they've heard of it. And so when Quanzo Martin comes and says, and yeah, we've got all these sorts of things, these, these ideas that we have of, of ways that you're going to be able to profit off your popularity while you're here, Bill Self can't say anything. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably going to become part of the recruiting pitch now, right? Oh, of course it is. It's it's probably been a part of the recruiting pitch because even if even if now it's going it's about to go into effect, years ago you could see it coming and you could say, "Hey, you know, I know if you're recruiting a kid who's a junior and you're saying, "Hey, in 2 years you're going to be able to come here and make money. We're already we're already working on it." Whereas Bill Self has to say, "Well, you know, I would love to do this sort of thing, but I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, so we're behind the eight ball. You're already behind the eight ball." And so now if you are Bill Self or if you're Bruce Weber and the football coach, I mean, it's football, basketball, it's everything. But if we're just going to make this a basketball discussion for the sake of the argument, at this point, you have to be hoping and praying that you thought you'd never say this, that the NCAA is going to step in and get something done here next month. Huh. <laughs> it's a good one. It's also like, wait a minute. Who? Who's going to help us out now? Honestly, you would be right to feel that way. But you don't really have many other options at this point. You can hope that Congress does something. But at this point, Congress doesn't really... I mean, Cong- There have been certain bills that have been pushed. I know uh, Cory Booker has been behind one. But it would be best if it just came from the governing body of the NCAA. Like, the whole idea of not wanting government intervention generally is one I think a lot of people agree with. There aren't many people out there who are saying, no, I want I want to be told exactly what to do by the government. Please, please come and tell us how to, to do, to operate. But that's the issue that you've come, you've come to because the NCAA, your actual governing body of college athletics has been twiddling their thumbs. And they've been acting like they didn't know this day was coming. And it's so hilarious to me that they're getting together. This this seems like a joke. They're getting together. The division, NCAA Division I Council. On June 22nd and June 23rd, in the hopes of having name, image, and likeness legislation Ready for July 1st. Do the math. The NCAA will take a year on something you think they could get done in a month. The NCAA is the king of the, couldn't this have just been in an email? This should have taken five minutes. I don't see how anybody could have any level of hope that they're going to get something done. The only optimism you could possibly have here is that they're so screwed if they don't. It's that they don't really have another option. They can't kick this can down the road. 
Congress isn't going to step in in the next month and do something for them. That's what they want. They want Congress to step in so they don't have to do anything. That's not going to happen. And that would get a lot of people pissed off. It would get a lot of states pissed off to say, what are you talking about? We figured this out. It'd be nice if all the states could have acted on their own, but you're not going to get unanimous. You're not going to get consensus on everything. And that's clearly the case here. So I don't know what's going to happen specifically with the state of Kansas. I don't really think anybody does at this point. So your best bet is hoping that in the NCAA figures something out. Because the worst thing that could possibly happen is if you get into this new school year, and it's not just going to be basketball, but it's going to be the same thing for Lance Leipold. Like not being able to go to the state of Texas where you know Florida coaches, where you know Georgia coaches, Missouri coaches are going to be hitting hard. And those coaches are going to clean up with name, image, and likeness promises. And I don't know exactly like what they're going to be promising in that regard. Is it as simple as we've got businesses that we know are going to want you to just do social media stuff? Probably, right? You're probably not going to be shooting a ton of television commercials. You're not going to be on a bunch of billboards, but that could be possible, right? The easier, the better. Hey, this company is going to pay you X amount of dollars to put an Instagram post of you eating their pizza, right? This car dealership is going to pay you X amount of dollars to come sign autographs, right? That's another thing. You can sign autographs for money. You can make personal appearances for money. If we wanted to, like if it was in the state of Kansas and they passed an name, image, and likeness, I could pay a KU basketball player X amount of dollars per week to come on the show. Ooh, now you're opening it up. You like that idea? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who would you want? Hmm. It's hard because there's so many. But new I don't players. want anybody to talk basketball. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's so many new players on the roster. Like I don't know any of their personalities. Like we know David McCormick likes movies. Run out of time though. He's a senior. Yeah. We could. I don't want to threaten Matt Galloway. We haven't done the movie review since he hasn't been in studio. But a uh, little Easter egg that could be returning soon. Could be. No promises. Just saying. Could be returning soon. So. I don't want to step on his toes mm-hmm. and bring in and David McCormick for a movie review, but that would be electric content. It would be electric content. We need to figure out like what these people are, what these players are into outside of basketball. Well, maybe we'd have that opportunity. Mm. I'll pay somebody twenty bucks to tell me what their interests are. <laughs> what are you into, man? Let's get. Let's get. I want to get in on the ground floor with some of these kids. I want somebody you're going to get for a couple of years, Bobby Pettit, for a day. Let's get to know you. What are your interests? I'll pay $20. Come on the show. Tell me what you're interested in. And then from there, if I find, what if he's in a NASCAR? Mm. Have him come on and make NASCAR picks every week. It'd be electric content. The possibilities are endless, which means kids are going to take advantage of them, which means schools are going to take advantage of them. And the schools who can't, like Bill Self put it best, you're operating with one or two hands tied behind your back in recruiting. And he's went so far as to lobby to individual legislators in which one guy told him, dude, you're getting played. Because this is not about name, image, and likeness. This is about two bills that got stuck together that shouldn't be together. This isn't not getting passed through because everybody's against it. It's not getting passed through because it's stuck with something. A transgender, a transgender bill, which happens to be pretty polarizing. I don't know if you've logged on to, uh, to any news outlet that has been covering this over the past couple of years. Turns out not everybody in agreement there. So the idea that it's attached with something that most people should be in agreement with Pretty problematic for the state of Kansas. It's 523. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. we got Brandon McAnderson, former Kansas running back, joining us coming up in just a few minutes. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk.
It's about 40 past the hour, and this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Eric Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. My pleasure to welcome on our good friend now, former Kansas running back with the Jayhawk Radio Network, Orange Bowl champion, Brandon McAnderson with us once again. BMAC, what's good, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Just got off the course, played in that uh, Jefferson's fundraiser. Super fun. How'd you play? Uh... Okay, there we go. I got <laughs> yeah, the answer. Go. That's the answer. The longer... The longer the eye lasts, the the worse the play probably was. That's fine though. You got out for good. It was crowd. enjoyable, man. Yeah. Okay, good. Good to hear it. Well, uh, appreciate you joining us, taking some time from what is clearly a uh, a very busy schedule. Want to talk some KU football with you? Hey, we were just um, we were talking on the other side about this this name, image, and likeness stuff that, for a lot of states, is going to begin on July first. Kansas isn't one of those states, right? They don't have a bill passed. And I know that's concerning for a lot of the coaches of the, the athletic programs at KUK State, Wichita State, with the advantages that a state like Missouri could have in recruiting. All that stuff goes into effect July 1st unless, you know, the NCAA comes down and, and puts something in effect for the states who don't have bills passed like Kansas. Big picture, um, knowing how recruiting works and knowing the types of things that coaches will and probably already have been pitching, how how difficult is this going to be for Kansas coaches to sort of work around not being able to offer those same benefits to kids? I think it's going to be very difficult. I think it's just time. It's past time. I mean, it's time to include the athletes in the cut um, and one way or another. I know the NCAA is kind of, you know, playing it, you know, poorly because they play most things poorly. Uh, so they're kind of waiting for the states to make the decision. But it's time. And you're, you don't want to put – if you're going to put member institutions at a geographical disadvantage and an economic disadvantage uh, that they have no control over, what is your purpose as an oversight committee? What are you contributing to your member universities if you yourselves are creating an unfair recruiting advantage just by your inactivity, your reactivity in terms of how you adjust to the changing landscape of athletics? The NCAA said they're getting together. This is hilarious to me. They're getting together, BMAC, on June 22nd and 23rd with the hopes of having legislation in place by July 1st. So uh, an organization that has historically moved at a snail's pace is hopeful that they'll get something done in basically one week time frame. Do you have any optimism that that's actually going to happen? I mean, they have the incentive but there's just not a lot of precedent that they can move that quickly. No, I have I have no faith in them. And one of the reasons is just recently, you know, you get the, this mail every once in a while that's like, you know, hey, this is what's going on in the world. Here's the here's the current class actions the NCAA is facing right now, and it's it's for stuff like not paying the full cost of tuition, not paying tuition increases, not paying uh, regional inflation rates. It's like one thing after another. So they've made it very clear that their position is to do as little as possible and to make as much as possible. So this reeks of the same kind of uh, irresponsibility, that they don't want to proactively fix what is what is an obvious problem. They want to take the opinion that uh, amateurism needs to be protected at all costs and put something together that's going to be inefficient and not enough to address the problems. And that's continuous. And I, I really don't know what the solution is because, you know, the dreams that they offer. The, the solution to me is that member institutions have to take charge and tell them we need this or we don't need you. And I don't think they need the NCAA anyway. So my hope is that 
this ends up being the NCAA's demise. Yesterday, I don't know. I'm sure you saw the announcement that KU opening the season, the KU football opening the season, two straight Friday games. Friday night at home against uh, South Dakota on Labor Day weekend. The next weekend on the road at Coastal Carolina on Friday night. So it's a little bit different to open the season on Fridays. What do you think of it? I like both choices. I like it for the initial Friday. It's a good chance to give your. I mean, because honestly, think about how communities at large are are desperate for the, that type of communal interaction. So you're going to make it as easy as possible on the students. You know, it's going to make it, it's a weekend where most people have that extra day anyway, so they can make it into a long weekend. I think it plays benefits for the next weekend where you're going to be playing a national televised game against a team that, the, that is now a national opponent, a team that had a great year last year, and it'll be one of their first couple games. So it's a big opportunity to send a message in the program early, which is, you know, ironic when you think about it, but Kansas will have an opportunity to send a national message early against Coastal Carolina. Why put yourself at a disadvantage and give yourself a short week going into, you know, one of the bigger games of the early season? Yeah, I get that. I get from that perspective. I just, I don't love the idea in terms of putting the game on Friday nights at the beginning of the season when, you know, you're, you're trying to repair. I mean, honestly, you're not just trying to establish relationships with local area high schools. You're trying to repair relationships with local area high schools because the previous regimes haven't done you a ton of favors in those regards. I just can't imagine if I'm a local high school coach, I love the idea that now all of a sudden KU's playing on the same night we can for multiple reasons. We can't go to the game. They can't come watch us. And now we've got fans who have to decide between the two. Right. So my, my counter to that is this. Uh, if you put yourself on a, let's say that the worst case scenario happens and you lose both of those games on Saturday, on Saturdays, that doesn't help you recruit either. <laughs> so, like, why put myself at a disadvantage to win games when that is what I've been brought here to do? Now, I understand the concept of repairing local high school relations, but let's not look at the schedule and say, this is an obvious slap in the face to trying to build those relationships. Because if we're talking about building relationships, you can't lose them all and gain them all in a week or a couple of weekends. They've got to do what's best for the program first to make people want to come here in the, in the first place. We act like, you know, a lot of K-State local players have had opportunities that have, have been great for them, like, uh, like the Wyatt Huber cat. That guy was a walk-on. He walked on to K-State. That was a choice. He didn't get offered by K-State. He walked on there. He could have walked on to Kansas. He didn't want to. So if we're talking about building local relationships, we have to keep in mind that we haven't given at and a lot to look for. And whether or not we play on Saturday or Friday has not made a difference. I don't see this as as big of a deal as it's being reacted to. Talking to Brandon McAnderson here on Rock Chuck Sports Talk. BMAC, I don't know if you got a chance to hear from the assistants who were introduced officially earlier this week. Brian Borland, the new D.C., been with Lance Leipold for 14 seasons now, both at Wisconsin, Whitewater, and Buffalo. Thought he gave a really interesting answer because one of the things that's been brought up more than anything else about him is the fact that he likes to run a 4-3 defense. KU was running in 3-4. My goodness, how difficult is that going to be to recruit? Not just the guys who are here, but now recruiting other guys. What's that transition like? He sort of downplayed the whole thing. He kind of said, you know what? Scheme is what it is, but I'm not focused on that right now. He seemed to be a guy that's more focused on teaching these guys technique, teaching them how to play fundamentally sound, and teaching them sort of the basic principles of what he wants to see from his athletes other than this is the scheme we're running and this is what you have to do to fit into that. What did you think of those comments? 
I like them. And from what I've seen, I've liked everything they do. And I actually had an opportunity to sit down with both coordinators and ask them some questions. What I liked about them was their connectivity, both the coordinators and the head coach. It kind of gives us like a transferable infrastructure, just something that Kansas football hasn't had. When you have that kind of history, you can recruit to your history. You can move people positions to your history. You can use your history to determine the best fit for a player because in college, your roster's your roster. You got to make these things fit. As far as 4-3 to 3-4, these are some of the same concepts. When you think about it, you know, Marcus Harris, 280, recently for the transfer portal, he's a 285-pound guy who plays defensive end by the name on the roster, but he actually functions like a defensive tackle. He's not someone you think about, you know, attacking the edge and being a, a dangerous pass rusher. So I don't see these things as vastly different. I see them as slight adjustments, and I don't think it'll be a big adjustment for the players. What about offensively? You said you got a chance to, to talk to Andy Kotelnicki. What stood out about him? Kind of the same thing that uh, stood out about Borland. I think they're very um, they're principle-based. And I think it's good to teach principle, especially when you're in a new situation with a new roster. You're not teaching, you know, what, what we've dealt with a lot here in the past has been we're going to bring in a coordinator that's going to light the world on fire. Then you got Charlie Weiss who's just going to tell you, hey, we're going to have a decided schematic advantage every week, which I don't know where he got that from. But it was always somebody selling us on this dream. These guys aren't selling a dream. These guys are football coaches. You know, it, it reminds me of the Herman Boone line and uh, remember the Titans. You know, I'm not the Easter Bunny. I'm just a football coach. And I think they stick to that identity. That's who they are. So what they're going to come and do is teach the game. And that's what we need right now. We have a talented roster from uh, young players all over the field. What we need is people that are committed to developing them and committed to being just football coaches and, and, and being a part of the solution and not seeing themselves as separate. And I think that's a big difference. I think they see it more as we came here, this is ours, and we're going to change the way uh, we do things here. And I, I'm excited for it. I, I appreciate in light of our recent past that they are not out there selling people on something. They're out there coaching football. You talked about the connectivity between the three of them. That's something that this program has been lacking sorely. It's always been a coach who comes in, and whether it was because they weren't coaching, they weren't a head coach before, they never had coordinators to bring with them. They never had a a coaching staff. They sort of had to pick and choose from different places using their, their connections from over the years. This isn't like that. You've basically got half the staff, that is a holdover from Kansas, and you've got the other half of the staff that are guys that are brought in from Buffalo. How do you think we're going to sort of see the benefits of that play out once we get to know these guys and once they've been here for a longer period of time? I think the benefits you'll see is in recruiting. You know, it's one thing to go out and get the big fish, and we've had guys that can go out and get the big fish, but that wasn't what Mangino's strength was. Mangino's strength was seeing a future uh, for a given athlete and putting him in a position to execute that. I think when you have that kind of infrastructure, that's what that's, that's what they're able to do. So you're talking about, let's say they're preparing for a big game. They can go back all the way back to the 2015, the third or fourth game of the season. They can go all the way back to 2012 when they faced X defense or X offense. So it helps them in game preparation. It also helps them in projecting where to fit players. 
you know, you get a guy that's a defensive end, but maybe, you know, he's a little overweight or maybe he's got longer arms and they can say, you know what, he reminds me of so-and-so from six, seven years ago and he really worked out at guard. Now they have that kind of, uh, that trio has that kind of brain trust and that's not even counting Zembrowski. That, that those four guys can say, oh yeah, remember, yeah, we could, you know, they have that, um, that kind of unspoken camaraderie where that can help them build players into, into real functional, productive players. And I think we'll see that over time. This is maybe less of a football X's and O's type question, but more of just like a human element question. Uh, something that really struck me on Tuesday. And I don't know how much this means. And I try not to make too much of it, but it's really hard to not be sort of struck by it is that it just feels like there are guys who not just know what they're doing, but guys who are comfortable in what they're doing. They're not out to prove anything to anybody. They're not looking over their shoulder. They're not thinking about the fact that, oh, I better not screw this up or else. There just seems to be a comfort level that exists with this coaching staff that I haven't seen in quite some time. And I would imagine if I'm a player and I notice that my coach is uncomfortable or that there is dissension amongst the ranks of the coaching staff, you're going to notice that and you're going to be affected by that. There doesn't seem to be that existing with this staff, which I, I have to think is an overwhelming positive. Absolutely. I think it helps in communication because when you're meeting new people and you're adjusting to a new system, a new way of doing things, the communication lines have to be clear. If your coaching staff is motivated by pressure from donors or the athletic department or pressure on themselves for what's coming next, what job is next, what, what mountain can they conquer? That makes communication with players more complicated because you're not going for the same thing. I think when you have this kind of staff and this kind of presence where they're keeping it simple, they're present in the moment in terms of trying to get the best out of what they have right now, the communication lines are a lot clearer. It's like, hey, we need you to do this, and we're going to train you to do this. So everybody's on the same page. I think it gives you a chance to have clear communication channels. That's the most thing I'm excited about, just about the overall demeanor of the staff. He is Brandon McAnderson. You can hear him here every Friday, and you can catch out his, check out his what work. Any NBA? You want to talk some NBA? What? Derek, what? Derek, what is going on here? No, I'm going to leave. Because I feel insulted, um, but I actually blame Derek. If I'm just going to be honest here, you should. Right, He's the right. executive producer. We'll give you something. B Mac, do the Heat have any chance to uh, beat the Bucks again in the first round? No, not this year. All right, you want to? You want to? You want to do rapid fire? Let's do it. All right, NBA MVP. Jokic. No love for Chris Paul. None. Who's coming out of the West? Lakers. Whoa. Oh, yeah. What, are you surprised by that? No, I think they're actually the better <laughs> favorite. Which is seven seed. <laughs> I would have said Derek's Nuggets if Murray didn't go down. I know. Such a shame. Uh, will Miami upset the Bucks? Just ask that. I, I don't see it. I think, I think Drew Holiday will be the difference in terms of just a, a two-way playmaker. All right, give me a sleeper that you think could make it to the conference finals. Portland. Sorry, Derek. Wow. Okay. Do you have anything else for him? Good say. Their starting five is plus 15 per 100 possessions since they got it back. All right, one more. Now, we'll see. 
Okay, uh, who's going to go further? Last year's team that was dubbed the team to beat, the Clippers, or this year's team, the team to beat, though it's been dubbed the Nets? Which team goes further? I think the Nets, just off raw talent, and uh, they don't have Paul George. What happens if the Knicks go to the conference finals? It's going to be a a media frenzy of, of proportions that we have never seen before. And I, I'm, I'm all here for it. I, you know, the 90s Knicks have a special place in my heart. So I, I like that they're a grid and grind team. But I don't think they have enough offensive talent in the playoffs, but they could prove me wrong. Okay, I thought you were going to say the world implodes. So I'll take <laughs> I'll take media frenzy over uh, the end of the world. Okay, we gave you your NBA fix. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for trying to talk KU football with you. I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, take it easy, bub. All right, that okay. is Brandon McAnderson joining us here on Rock Shock Sports Talk. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. You're listening to RCST. Quick shout-out to all of our sponsors, RCST Trivia, 23rd Street Brewery, Sporting Kansas City, Pella Windows, Toppling Goliath, CBD of Lawrence, River Rat, Print and Skate, Jayhawk Trophy, Hawaiian Bros, and the Lawrence Public Library. Our first matchup today brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Open for dine-in, carry-out, and catering. Outdoor patio is a great spot to enjoy the warm weather. Try the Bill Self mac and cheese, the Haney turkey stack, or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery's beer, which you can get to go as well with their crowlers. RCST Trivia brought to you by Toppling Goliath with a brewery and taproom located in Decorah, Iowa. Toppling Goliath features 10 of the top 250 beers in the world, according to Beer Advocate. That also includes three of the top 10, three of the top 10 world beers, and six of the top 100. If you're not going to be making it up to Decorah anytime soon, don't worry. You can order Toppling Goliath Apparel and beer at tgbrews.com. Starting to get a little emotional, man. I'm starting to uh, really understand and, and let it sink in that our days of RCST trivia here in 2021 are, are coming to an end. We've got our championship matchup between Eric and Isaac coming up on Monday, and that's going to be a doozy, right? Two guys who have been mainstays in our CST trivia for the last two years, but before we get to that, we've got our third place game. You know these guys by now. The winner of this matchup receives an additional $50 to 23rd Street Brewery. They've already collected uh, a nice little package of prizes, but we're going to put the cherry on top. $50 more to 23rd Street Brewery with whoever wins this one our third place game featuring the seven seed from the west region and the nine seed from the east region andrew and tyler join us once again on rcst trivia tyler you were a part of the most historic rcst trivia showdown in the history of the competition i don't want to rub it in but you came up on the wrong end of that what what's the uh, the emotional experience been like over the last seven days where that's kind of sunk in that that your run has come to an end that you were that close to moving on to the championship? What's it been like for you, Tyler? Oh, I was I was pretty sad just that I gave it that good of a run and couldn't come up with a victory, and I even had a couple shots at it. Uh, it was a little frustrating that my my couple shots to beat him were like uh, I just. I really didn't have, I had a decent answer, but I, I knew I was wrong. And so that was bittersweet. And honestly, uh, I prepped so hard for that matchup. And it was so, 
uh, demoralizing that I don't, I can't say that I'm as prepped for this round as uh, <laughs> the last, but I will say I, I think how I've prepped for the previous rounds hopefully will uh, carry over to this one. You know, you kind of came out of nowhere this year, Tyler. Nobody knew who you were. We didn't have your name from a season ago. We didn't have any sort of sample size to go off of to, to know where to slot you in. You got seeded as a nine seed. I think it's been proven time and time again that was probably uh, a little low for you. But obviously major impact this year. What are you hoping that people remember about Tyler Feist's run through 2021 RCST Trivia? Hopefully they remember that uh, I know my, my KU Trivia. And my, my question percentage is probably not great, but that's because I've been asked like a billion level fives. <laughs> and I hope people remember that I answered a lot of level fives correct. So. Yeah, you did. I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the, the all-time numbers here for you guys, which is impressive for just one year. Tyler, you're 29-7. and seven which is remarkable, just the sheer volume of questions that you've been asked. You went 11-3 and three in the last round alone. You said your, your percentage wasn't great. Your opponent's percentage is pretty damn good. Andrew, the seventh seed from the West, 22-2 and two all time. He's 20-1 and one this year. His only miss came last week when I asked him who led Kansas in assists per game in 2020. Andrew, I probably didn't need to remind you that that was your only miss this year, but that's got to be a little bittersweet, right? You were the hottest player going into the Phenomenal Four, and still to this point, only one missed question, which is as good as anybody else. Yeah, th thanks, Nick, for reminding me of that. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that for the whole uh, seven minutes that we've been on here um, <laughs> this afternoon. So um, oh, it, it was tough, like I said. Um, we got what we deserved. Uh, I, I knew that dot wasn't the right answer and seemed, I overthought it. And, um, you know, I think this is a lesson about a lesson to be learned about going with your gut. That's right. You know, it always works. If you overthink it and you get the right answer, wow, I'm glad, I'm, glad I took an extra second to think about it. You overthink it and you, you get it wrong, then, oh, of course, I should have just went with my gut. So it all is... Uh, Results-oriented, yes. So, Derek and I have went back and forth. The selection committee um, has had some really heated discussions about this, but I'll be the first to inform you guys, no matter what happens today, Andrew, Tyler, you guys are locked in as one seeds next year in our CST trivia. Derek was thinking maybe we take the full body of work, what have you done for me lately? This is the regular season for next season, so congratulations on that much. You guys will be on the top of the seed line in next year's event. But we still got business to take care of this year. The third place showdown between Andrew and Tyler. You guys know the deal. I'll be asking you guys a series of KU trivia questions alternating back and forth until one of you guys gets one right and one of you guys gets one wrong. You have 30 seconds to answer. We'll play you a five-second warning. When you have five seconds left on the clock, you'll hear this ticking sound, so make sure... You get an answer off before Eric Collins yells, oh. oh! Tyler, much as uh, has been the case throughout your run here in RCST Trivia, you are the underdog yet again. Do you want to go first or second? Might as well keep going second. Why change it up now, right? All right, Andrew, first question's for you. Andrew, what KU player owns the school record 
for points scored in one NCAA tournament. He had 163 of them in 1988. Danny Manning. Danny Manning is correct. Tyler, your first question. Who was Danny Manning's head coach in 1988? Larry Brown. That is correct. Andrew, we go back to you now for your next question. In the 2018 Elite Eight win against Duke, what Kansas shooting guard led the way with 32 points scored? Malik. Malik Newman with 32 against the Blue Devils. Tyler, back to you for your second question. Despite losing to Auburn in the second round of the 2019 NCAA tournament, this KU big man had 25 points and 10 rebounds before entering the NBA draft after the season. Edric Lawson. That's right. We talked so much about the transfer portal. KU's had some pretty good success with transfers. Diedrich, Malik, two guys you just named chief amongst them. Okay, guys, great start. Two for two. Third place game here in RCST Trivia. And we are going back to Andrew for his third question. Andrew, on November 23rd, 2011, in the Maui Invitational against Duke, this Kansas guard set a program record for most turnovers in one game. He had 11 of them. Turnover, Tyshawn Taylor. Uh, I was at that game. Oh, yeah. That's uh, an unfortunate nickname that Tyshawn had attached to himself over the he years. Redeemed him, he redeemed himself uh, throughout the course of that year. That's the meanest nickname anybody's ever given to a KU player that I can remember. Turnover Taylor. I don't but, think I've ever said it. That's right. Well, you just did. So we got that on tape too. So can't go back now. I had ever said it. All right. <laughs> Tyler, your next question. In the second round of the 2012 NCAA tournament, this KU guard led the way with 18 points to help the Jayhawks avoid a near upset against Purdue. I think that was Elijah Johnson. That was Elijah Johnson. You know, so much of that season is made about how good T-Rob was, how good Tyshawn was, but you go back through the NCAA tournament run, Elijah was really, really clutch. Yeah, 18 points in that win over Purdue. Okay, Andrew, back to you. Hey, I was at I was at that game. Well, there you go. So was I. Wow. Oh, nice. Maybe you guys saw each other. Maybe you guys waited, you know, in line for the bathroom, and you guys didn't even know it. Look at you now, all these years later. All right, Andrew, Andrew, back to you now, man. In the last decade, from 2010 to 2020, the only team that KU lost to twice in the NCAA tournament was who? In 2010 and 2020, we lost to a team twice? In between. In between 2010 and 2020. Nova. That is correct. Villanova in 2016, 2019. Both years, Nova went on to win the title. So a little bit of solace in that. Tyler, back to you. 18, welcome in there. Yep, that's right. San Antonio, that was a rough one. Tyler, in that same time span, 2010 to 2020, Kansas has beaten two different schools twice in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 
Name one of them. North Carolina. Yep. That is correct. Do you, do you know either one of you guys for a bonus point? That means absolutely nothing. Do you know who the other team that Kansas beat twice? I'm not going to hold it against you if you get it wrong. Thing. Good thing that wasn't a one and one. Good thing I didn't say North Carolina is one of them. Who's the other? Purdue, Purdue, the other team that Kansas beat twice. Twenty twelve and and twenty seventeen. Twenty. Yep. Seventeen. Yeah. Kansas City. Okay, we got the thir- ah. third place game here between okay, Andrew and Tyler, and we go back to Andrew now. Nobody's missed a question yet. Eight for eight. Could we be in store for another classic showdown? Andrew, in 1988, this KU big man set a new school record with his seventh consecutive double-double. He went on to be a top five pick after that season. What's his name? 88? 1998. 98. Uh, Rafe. Rafe LaFrance, that is correct. Tyler, back to you. That record of consecutive double-doubles was matched in 2002 by a KU junior big man who was also a top-five pick after that season. Who was it? Drew Gooden. Drew Gooden is correct. All right, guys, 10 questions up, 10 questions down. Nobody missed one. Let's step things up a notch here. Let's see if uh, increasing the difficulty level gets us our winner. Andrew, next question. Currently, there are three KU players who are top 10 all-time in scoring, but who do not have their jersey retired in Allen Fieldhouse. One of them most certainly will have their jersey retired soon. That would be Frank Mason. The other two players also played for Bill Self. A shooting guard and a power forward. Name one of them. Langford. That is correct. Keith Langford, eighth all-time in scoring. The other one, Perry Ellis. Perry Ellis, ninth all-time in scoring. Tyler. Ryan Robertson owns the KU record with eight 10 assist games in a single season. There are three Jayhawks who are tied for second on that list who each had seven 10 assist game in one season. Name one of those three players. Jock Vaughn. Good guess. Yeah, Jock Vaughn. Aaron Miles, and Cedric Hunter. So if you have any level of knowledge on the all-time KU assist list, uh, probably going to give yourself a pretty good chance there. That is correct. All right. Back to you now, Andrew. The first player to record an official triple-double against Kansas was this Michigan State point guard on February 4th of 1979. Would that be Irvin Johnson? 
That would be. Also acceptable would have been Magic Johnson. That is correct. First official triple-double against Kansas. How about this? Tyler, your question. The second player to record an official triple-double against Kansas also played for Michigan State. He did so in the Champions Classic when he led the Spartans to a comeback victory over Kansas on November 17th of 2016. What's his name? Valentine. That is correct. That is correct. Denzel Valentine. When I first got this question, uh, my I, th- I don't remember who I immediately guessed it was. What, didn't they have like Cassius Winston or something? Yeah, or Miles Bridges. You know, by the way, crafty move there by Tyler. I don't know if he did this on purpose, but we've mentioned before. You know, just say the last name as long yeah. as it's not Johnson or Smith or something. Because in this case, you could have accidentally said Darnell Valentine just thinking mm. Kansas in your head and you would have got yeah, it wrong. That's right. That's right. Okay. These guys still haven't missed a question. So you're, you're back. You guys both have pl- as, as much experience in the very hard tier of questions as anybody. And you're going to add to that experience today. We're going back to the questions of death. This is the third place game of RCST Trivia. We've got Tyler and Andrew. Neither one giving up an inch. We go back to Andrew now. Andrew, who led Kansas in rebounds per game in the 2005-2006 season? Sasha Khan. Sasha Khan, second on the team with 5.3 rebounds per game. The leader in rebounds was Brandon Rush. Brandon Rush had 5.9 rebounds per game to lead the team. Okay. Tyler, you know what that means. You get this right. You win the matchup. Third place and bragging rights. Over Andrew till next season. So there's a lot. There's a lot at stake here if you can get this right, Tyler. Tyler, who led Kansas in assists per game in 2006? Russell Robinson. That is correct. Russell Robinson, 4.6 assists per game over Mario Chalmers, who had 3.8 assists per game that year. Tyler, you were in another drag-it-out rock fight of a matchup. This time, though, you emerge victorious. Third place, $50 to 23rd Street Brewery. I don't know if redemption is an apt word, but... After what was a really tough matchup last week, what's been a, probably a really tough week for you to get over it, how's this feel to get back on the winning side of things? Well, it feels great. Uh, Ricky Bobby once said, if you ain't first, you're last. But then his dad, Reese Bobby, said, well, I was high when I said that. You can get second, third, fourth, <laughs> you can even get fifth. So I'll take third place, not too bad. And Andrew, fourth place ain't too bad either. No, no, fourth place isn't well, too bad. I'd, cer- I'd say there's certainly no shame 
and finished in fourth place to you, Tyler. I, I was impressed when, when you knew immediately uh, when I answered Sasha that that wasn't right. So uh, congrats to you on a great run, and I'm, I'm sure your uh, uh, better days are ahead for you. I'll tell you what, guys, I hope we can see uh, another showdown between you two next season. But if that's going to happen, then it's going to be either in the final four, the phenomenal four, excuse me, or the championship game. Because you guys locked in as one seeds. I think you proved yet again today with another great performance from both of you that uh, very deserving of those one seeds. Andrew, man, another another missed question, another elimination. So that's it's it's incredible. You missed two questions. Both were in a losing effort. So I'm not going to dock you too much, right? Because there's a lot of guys who have missed uh, a lot more and don't have as much to show for it. So great job, Andrew. Very deserving of that one seed next year. You can't give guys like Tyler and Eric an opening. No, no, the margin for error in in this competition, razor thin. You showed that today, Tyler. Congratulations to you. Fellas, it's been a fun run. I've enjoyed getting to know you. I've enjoyed having you on the show as much. Can't wait to do it again next year. Thanks so much, guys. Nick and Derek, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks. Have you still not heard MLS is back and Sporting Kansas City is back in action? After finishing first in the Western Conference last season, Sporting KC is back in action and hungrier than ever to paint the wall. The best part is you can watch Polito, Russell, Busio, and the rest of our boys in Sporting Blue live in a limited capacity crowd again this season. To attend a match in person, go to SeatGeek.com slash SKC and be sure to use code SKCRCST at checkout to receive an exclusive discount just for being a Rock Chalk Sports Talk listener. Again, use code SKCRCST at SeatGeek.com slash SKC before it's too late. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Pella Windows. Pella Product of Kansas is your one-stop shop for all your window and door needs. Pella offers everything from turnkey window and door replacements to experts in the field that can work with your contractor and find the perfect solution for that project to make your house feel like a home. Whether you're building a home, taking on a remodeling project, or simply want the best replacement solution, Pella Windows has all your answers. Stop by the newly remodeled showroom on the northwest corner of 6th and Wakarusa or call 785 749 4808. Don't hesitate. Appointments are filling up fast. How about this? So Tyler came into today 29 and 7 on trivia questions. He just went 8 0 today. 8 0. Which means he's now answered 37 trivia questions correctly. He didn't even compete in last year's tournament. So in one tournament run, Tyler went from not even being on the list to third all-time in answers correct. That's remarkable. It's remarkable. He is like, so if if Isaac is Mike Trout and Eric is, I don't know, who's another good baseball Ronald player? Acuna? No, you need longevity, uh, like Hall of Fame Barry status. Bonds. I don't know. Really? Albert Pujols. Uh, he's falling off a bit. Um, Somebody who's been good and is still good. Long time. Max Scherzer? Okay, there we go. Okay. So we're comparing a, a pitcher. And a, you, you Honestly, dude, <laughs> you were, you're you worthless. You're the only person of the two of us who, t- who play, pays attention to baseball, and you couldn't even give me one apt comparison. Well, it's like all the other top five players, quote-unquote, are like, they're really young, like Ronald Acuna. I could give you Freddie Freeman. 
Okay, perfect. That for you? He pretty good still? Yeah, he won MVP last year. Okay, so I would perfect. Say so. Okay. Perfect. Hall of Famer? Uh, if he keeps doing what Isaac he's doing. Isaac and Eric, Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when do we... When do but we what, uh, what, what we had the equivalent of... What we had the equivalent of with Tyler is a guy who came in... You know, he didn't bat 360, mm-hmm. but he pimped about 54 homers. Like, led the league in RBIs and homers. He's not the MVP, but he's somebody to watch out for. Yeah. Right? No, that's great. I when, I, I want to know now, like, when do we open up applications for the RCST Trivia Hall of Fame? Hmm. I think we need at least five and years. And also, what do we, like, How? Uh, what are our requirements? I think there's a requirement for, like, the college basketball, or maybe it's just the basketball Hall of Fame, where you have to, it's either five years after you retire or if you're 60. So, like, with, with current college basketball head coaches, I thought if you turn 60, is that not a rule? Maybe not. I don't know. Like, is that, like, I think you're thinking of retirement. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how the college, basically everybody gets into the Basketball Hall of Fame anyway. Yeah. So, like, if you play basketball, you're getting in. No, I want, I want, if we do an RCSD Trivia Hall of Fame, it has to be the elite of the elite. For sure. And we're not even close to being able no. to start it. But you could I don't say know. That I don't know. If Isaac won, if Isaac won. I think won, you already put him in. He already won. Everybody who wins a title gets in. That's not probably no. Yes, no. Yes. Dion Branch won uh, Super Bowl MVPs. But that's Hall different. That's different because that's a team sport. If you win, this is an individual event. So anybody who wins a major, anybody who wins a golf major, gets in. No, this would be like winning four all four golf majors in that year because this is the only one of the year. You have proven by winning RCST trivia that specific. Maybe year, we just need more trivia competition. Maybe we do, but that would prove that you are the best, the very best there was that season, right? I actually would be in favor of pivoting to just exclusively trivia on this show. Okay, I can I can get on board. Listen, people are asking us about doing a football one. Mm-hmm. They asked us last year. We said no, not doing it. We're this. We're just sticking with basketball. But people are asking again. Uh, I've I've reached out to some people. I will just say this. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Announcing anything definitively, but it's being discussed. It's mm-hmm. like when I, you know, whenever they ask Will uh, or Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. would you be would you be interested in doing a wedding crashers too? He said we've talked about it. <laughs> you know, it's been discussed. Yeah, my worry with the football one, just to kind of peel the curtain back here, um, it's easy to come up with easy questions for KU basketball, right? Like, who was the one and done center for KU in 2014? It was first round pick for the Sixers. Like everybody knows Joel Embiid. You know, you have so many guys because of the strong success you've had with KU basketball that you have so many names that yeah. you can do an easy question with. How many guys can you do an easy question with for the KU football team? I can't be like, who was KU starting running back in 2016? You know? Yeah, it will be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think we it wouldn't be a 64 person field. No. I think we, we could do 32 people. Do we do it like a college football season? Everybody no, gets no, one no, matchup that's a week. so complicated. We rank them. It's so complicated. We can have the college football playoff show for it. We mm. can debate. Is this guy four or five? Yell at each other over it. Say this guy's played a tougher schedule. No, because we, we wouldn't have enough people to do multiple leagues. <laughs> we could get like... Actually, yeah, we could. If we, if we, if we had 32 mm-hmm. and we had three different leagues... And we had some non-con games, and we scheduled them out, and we had them play 12 games each, and then we went to uh, a, a tournament of eight. Yeah, what if we had like a we had a we had a league designated for every day? Mm. Monday league, Tuesday league, Wednesday league, Thursday league, Friday league, right? Yeah. And then one of the one of the day winners doesn't make the playoff. 
Will we get enough interest? Will we get enough interest? Do you want interest? to put it up for a poll? Do you want to put it up for a poll just to, like, kind of test what it is? Because I we have, like you said, we had some people last year. We've had more people this year. But still, I, I don't want it to be a thing where it's like a few people said they want to do it, and all of a sudden you think of that as, like, everybody Yeah, we'll do it. it later. We'll do it okay. later because, hey, we still got – this I'm event isn't saying, over yet. I'm just saying, do you want to put a poll out there that says hypothetically? Later, later, later. Okay. As for now, I want all eyes on this tournament, this event, RCST Trivia. This is what I want people to be focusing on. Because coming up on Monday, we have our championship matchup. And it is as good of a championship matchup as you could have possibly conceived. Because in terms of just hit rate, in terms of success, pedigree, all of the above... These are the two best competitors we've had in RCST trivia. And that's no slight to Tate. That's no slight to Andrew. But, I mean, you're talking about final four participants from a year ago. On one hand, your defending champion hasn't been tested or pushed there. I mean, last year, last week against Tyler, best matchup we've ever had. He still comes out on top. Meanwhile, Eric finishes third a season ago. Much like Andrew this year, the only question that he missed was the one that ended up losing him. It was in the matchup. In the Final Four, only question he missed last year. Comes back this year, he's only missed one more question. He has been a machine. I think we're going to have ourselves, I mean, as good as last week was, it's tough for me to sit here and say this next one's going to be even better. But you're talking about these two guys. I mean, this very, like, there's not somebody out there who's, like, not been in this competition that I think, oh, they know more than one of these two. They could probably take these down. These are the two most knowledgeable KU basketball fans that I know. And they've proven it over the course of two years. It is the showdown of all showdowns on Monday. You want to get into some legacy talk? I mean, we always do this for the Super Bowl. If Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady, can he catch him? If Tom Brady beats Patrick Mahomes, does he supplant his legacy? If LeBron wins another title, does he surpass Michael Jordan? If Eric beats Isaac, who at that point becomes the RCST trivia GOAT? It's not. It's not like that. It's just going to be, oh, this is the new rivalry. This mm. is the rivalry of RCST trivia. That's all it's going to become. Well, here's what... Okay, so Eric is two correct answers behind Isaac, which means, given our format, there is no way he can surpass Isaac in total wins. So, by the end of this, if Isaac wins, it's obviously no debate. He would have two titles. If Eric wins, they'd be tied one title apiece. And Eric would Isaac have the head-to-head. Head. Eric would have the head-to-head, but Isaac would have the total... Correct answers. I would care less about the total correct answers than I would the head-to-head. At that point, I would. I, I, I'm not saying I would give anybody the nod there. I would say this is just a rivalry. No, you have to pick one. Mm-mm. First take. No, I don't. You have to pick one. No, I have don't. Have to pick a side. Have no side. Everything in sports is black or white. The winner no gray area. of Monday's championship is going to receive a 65-inch TV screen, 65-inch Samsung TV, a Grizzly cooler, courtesy of Toppling Goliath. Both guys already have won, I think, two dozen custom RCST Vice golf balls. I've been slapping them around. I've been out there on the course using them. Haven't even lost one yet. Really? Played two rounds of golf, same ball. Might just retire it. It's a magic So these balls are unlosable. You're going to play the best golf of your life. Didn't you say you had a friend who used a couple and they lost them all? Well, he he sucks. (laughs) And then, of course, the championship trophy, which I've been able to feast my eyes on. It's pretty impressive. So a lot to win, a lot at stake. For Eric and Isaac, the championship matchup of RCST Trivia coming up on Monday. And then that's it. And then we just get to talk about Royals baseball and other things to fill the time. That's why we may need to get on a football (laughs) trivia competition. And honestly, if anybody else has any other ideas for other trivias we can do, uh, all ears. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. You're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk. 
Okay, haven't done this in a while. Haven't done this uh, maybe a year. Has it been a year since the last time we brought this? But we keep getting requests. I forget about all. Literally, we'll stop doing a bit, and it won't be because we had some sort of discussion behind closed doors. It'll just be because we forgot or that inspiration yeah. hadn't struck us. But that's what I love about you guys. That's what I love about our listeners is even when we're not thinking about it, you guys will hear something that will make a light bulb go off in your head, which is what happened. Somebody hit us up a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, that segment would be perfect for drunk audio. Like, holy cow. I forgot about drunk audio. We haven't done it in a year. So here we are. We're bringing it back today. You know what would be the most meta break the third wall Ooh. thing we could do? What's that? A let's rank stuff of our own segments. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. Remember We're, you're canceled? Yeah, I, I do remember you're canceled. It was like so long ago. Remember what's your fantasy? Wow. That was short-lived. We'll bring that back next year. Maybe with a maybe with a little bit more gusto behind it this time around. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of segments that have we've tried, they've failed, or ones that have been successful, but we decided to kill them off anyway. We are very <laughs> We're very Keep liberal with bringing the axe to these segments. But if you guys like them enough, darn it, we'll bring them back. That's what we're doing right now. Drunk audio. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's quite simple. Uh, we found a setting on our audio editing software that allows you to slow audio down without making the voices go really low. A lot of times if you just slow something down... It'll sound like this. If you speed it up, you sound like a chipmunk, right? You've all heard that. But we found this setting where it allows you to slow it down without having that effect. But the effect that it does have on the audio is it makes you sound like you're slurring your words. So it makes it sound like you are wasted. It makes it sound like you are uh, stoned out of your mind a lot of times in Derek's case. Let's find out if that's still the case where we uh, dive into some old audio. What's this first piece of audio we're going to hear? If you would remember, you opened the show a week or two ago asking me on the heels of Albert Pujol's release, or I guess on the toes of it, um, if there was a better goatee in sports. Yeah, he has a great one. Wait, what's the difference between a goatee and a Fu Manchu? For Fu Manchu is just a mustache that it's like a handlebar mustache sort of thing. Sounds like the same thing. There's nothing on the bottom. There's nothing. It doesn't connect. The, the key, the key operative phrase here is connection. You need to have full connection. Okay. Circular. Circular. Or oval. You know. Um. Pull up a picture. Of Albert Pujols' goatee. And tell me that's not the most perfect goatee you've ever seen in your life. I mean, there's not one single hair out of place. And the only other person I can think of that comes to mind with, like, the Perfect goatee, and I'm not saying the perfect goatee is the best goatee or the greatest goatee. Clay Thompson. I'll never forget somebody had a tweet once, like several years ago, that said every night when Clay Thompson gets home from work, 
He takes off his goatee and he hangs it on the coat rack by the door. <laughs> so now that you have a fundamental understanding of what a goatee actually is, who's got the best of all time? The greatest in sports history. Hulk Hogan? <laughs> it's shocking to me your inability to grasp like just the 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 concept of what a goatee is. Oh. You still haven't figured out what a goatee is. Santa Claus? I thought it was I thought it was relatively straightforward. You know, the difference between a beard, a mustache, and a goatee. It's something you have I a learned goatee, at a right? I've got a beard. Something I learned at a young age. You have nothing, which is why you know nothing, because you've never had to actually experience it firsthand. What else do we got here? Uh, for some reason, we got into a conversation of if there was enough people on the earth, would it collapse? Hmm. Like, if you were to put all the cities, every piece of populated uh, earth together and, like, you know, just compacted together, how much space would it take up? You know? Do you ever wonder about that? Do you think if we had enough people... Just like weight wise on earth, it would collapse. There's like too much weight. <laughs> but, uh, but like, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, like, think about it. You know, we don't. Like, we're getting about... too fat for earth. Right. Like, what if, if, if we had. Because we have a second floor what here. If that's what, see, what if that's what actually causes... Like, there is a number of people... I'm, it could be. Who knows? <laughs> there, there is a certain number of people. I don't know what the number is. But if we all went upstairs into a specific room, the floor would collapse, correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's fact. So, like, how many of you, you know, if we had, if we had 10 trillion people on Earth, would it just, like, collapse? Well, I think other things would happen before it collapsed. I think we would just run out of resources and stuff. I think that's true. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody should do a study on that. I still want to know. Perplexed. I feel like we're going to hit 10 trillion eventually. What are we at now? Or uh, 10 billion. Or we're at 7 billion, I think. Six. That's a long way to go. 6 to 7 billion? Yeah, I think you're right. I think we run out. Yeah, of but we're first. but we're we're it's constantly growing. Yeah, man, we're reproducing at an alarming rate. Mm. Got to slow it down. Well, if you are born on a certain date, don't tell Nick about it. He does not like he doesn't care about your birthday. A piece of rocket Landing on you would be just like it'd be a great way to get out of weekend plans. Like I'm supposed to go to a birthday party tomorrow, but I can't make it. Car got smashed by a Chinese rocket. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> I really. Oh my gosh, I really wanted to come to your 34th birthday party because that's a number. That's an age that we should be celebrating actively. So you think if you turn 34, you shouldn't celebrate your birthday? 
I think if you turn anything over 21, you shouldn't celebrate your birthday. It's not a big deal. What do you... So, like, you can't even acknowledge that it's your birthday. I'll acknowledge it. Happy birthday. You can't have, like, a nice dinner. <laughs> it's your birthday. With that one person, with your spouse, with your spouse, your parents, that's fine too. No friends, limit here. No friends, no friends. <laughs> Unless you don't have a spouse, then you can invite a couple friends. What if you just want to have a couple friends over, hang out? That's fine. For birthday, okay. So that's where, fine. where's the number here? Five. 10 double Ten. digits. Okay. I would say even eight, but much. <laughs> really? You're that special? Are you that special? Need to get the whole. If, it, if you can't fit, if, if you can't fit in one car, okay. it's too much. You just ate birthday. I stand by that, by the way. If if you're over the age of 25 and it takes two cars to get your birthday party to where it's going, you've invited too many people. Your birthday celebration over the age of 25 should be able to fit all of the attendees in one vehicle. We need to pollute the air with two different exhausts from two different cars just to celebrate you. You're that important. Just go... Just... Why is a birthday text not enough that we have to get together? That I have to go somewhere and spend money because you decided to live another year? I didn't ask you to do that. Whoa! Sounds like this celebration that you went to, whatever, this would have been, what, a week or two ago? Did not go well. No, it's a never-ending thing. It's a never-ending thing. They're always our birthdays, yes. Everybody always wants to celebrate their birthday. Yeah. And then you'll meet those people that are like, I don't want to do anything for my birthday. And that's the type of person I am. And if you're that type of person too, I'm more likely to spend money on your birthday if you say that than if you actually actively are trying to get me to go do something. Because that's how much I appreciate you for not caring and not making a big deal out of your birthday. You're a birthday hipster. Everybody has birthdays. Birthday hipster. We all get older. It's not a big deal. Get over yourself. All right, that's Drunk Audio. Happy to bring it back. Thanks to... uh, Whatever anonymous Twitter user DM'd me and and told me they wanted to do it. That's for you, bud. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. There's a lot of things you might be not really living up to snuff about right now. Are you getting enough haircuts? Are you shaving enough? Are you keeping up with your personal hygiene? Well, one thing that you don't want to be a loser about is having that dirty car. You know, whether it's just driving around town, whether it's you picking up a friend, you want the clean car. And don't you want the sparkly clean car that you're proud of? Well, guess what? Tommy's Express Car Wash, they are going to hook you up with a great car wash that's going to get that car sparkly nice so that when you go to the store, everybody's looking at your car and says, oh man. 
Where did that guy get his car washed? It's wash, rinse, repeat at Tommy's Express Car Wash. You can download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's right, endless washing for one low price with the Tommy Club app. It's unlimited car washes, unlimited clean, shiny, and dry, unlimited use of exclusive app lane, unlimited access to all Tommy's Express locations, because there's a lot of them, unlimited guest service, and most importantly, unlimited happiness. They've got the tools and expertise to keep your car clean inside and out. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and Body Wax, wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush and spot free rinse, and vacuuming. So download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy that endless washing. Go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. 